Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Yahoo Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Liu, and I'm very happy to be speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors. One by a score of 130 to 77. Yes, that is a 53 point win, a franchise record. And holy crap, I mean, like, hey, where did this come from? Like, I know the Warriors are like, you know, Steph was out and Draymond was a late scratch. And of course, Clay's been out all year and, you know, whatever. But damn, you know, I mean, I thought the Raptors were, were, uh, were doing badly after, uh, you know, the championship, I mean, you know, I don't know if they were doing this badly, man. I mean, look, obviously the the Warriors have been weirdly competitive this season. I think that speaks to the greatness of Steph and even to a point to the greatness of Draymond as well. But, uh, I mean, wow, like the Raptors just demolished this team and it didn't even look like it was going to be like that to start the game. I mean, the Raptors are only up one after the first quarter, a very normal 27 to 26 lead. For the Raptors after the first quarter. And we've seen the Raptors sort of fade as the games have gone on. And I don't know what hit the the Warriors. But like the Raptors, just listen to these numbers, man. They won the th- second quarter by 19 points. They won the third quarter. Listen to this. 46-14. to 14. First off, 46 is the most points the Raptors have ever scored in the third quarter. And yeah, yo, they beat the Warriors by... <laughs> yo, they beat them by freaking... Uh, 32 points in one quarter alone like that's that's unbelievable I mean the Raptors did a really good job and played really well as a team they started Chris Boucher he did really well defensively I think number one obviously the the two numbers that stand out to you for for one obviously 77 points that's you know the, the lowest the Raptors have allowed all season and again of course no Steph so that is gonna be very tough and the Raptors did a really good job guarding Wiggins but I think on the whole, the Raptors just defended so well, especially in the paint, which obviously, if you've watched any Raptors basketball, has not been the case of late. The Raptors were literally the worst defense in the league in in March, and you can sort of blame in all sorts of things, but realistically, what I saw night after night was guys getting crushed inside, and what I saw today was really good rim protection. Um, The Raptors shot, the Raptors allowed the Warriors to shoot 11 of 35 from inside the paint. So that that's incredible. And of course, some of that goes to like guys were missing shots, whatever, probably low on confidence when you're down 60. <laughs> but like, um, Raptors did such a good job defensively. And I, I thought, A, you know, one guy that could have hurt the Raptors was James Wiseman, who, you know, has had a really miserable rookie season and things like that. Uh, but still, he's still a, a skilled seven-footer, you know, who is, you know, and we've seen guys like that hurt the Raptors, right? And, we, you know, you know, there's lots of examples. I don't even want to name them. I mean, literally, there were the Moses Moses Brown. You know, looked like Moses Malone against the Raptors like two nights ago. So, and he was undrafted. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I was a little worried about the Wiseman situation, especially when they started Boucher. 
Uh, Wiggins has been scoring well of late, and if you've watched any of Wiggins versus the Raptors in the past, the history has definitely favored Andrew Wiggins. He seems to only really, uh, you know, deserve the Maple Jordan nickname um, when he plays the Raptors. And there was some of that early in the game. You know, Wiggins was scoring well, but Raptors just shut down everybody. I mean, 77 points. That's a hilarious total to look at. Uh, and the Raptors just did just played a complete game. Obviously, the starting five was excellent. Let me just read you some of the plus-minus numbers from the starting five, okay? Plus 49 for Pascal Siakam. Plus 29 for Chris Boucher. Plus 43 for OJ Hanobi. Plus 17 for Fred Van Vliet, who only played 19 minutes because he got hurt. That's the only unfortunate part of this game. Hopefully, he's okay. Plus 54 for Gary Trent Jr. I know we were just talking about, like, a few days ago, when it looked like, you know, that was going to be Kyle's last game, you know... Um, you know, playing Denver, that was Norm's last game, it turns out. But, you know, there was a lot of talk about, you know, Kyle being plus 43 in that game. Franchise record broken. Move aside Kyle, move aside Mark Jackson. Number one in, in franchise history. Plus 54 for Gary Trent Jr., which somehow wasn't the NBA record that apparently belongs to Luke Richard and Bob Mute, who was like a plus 59 at one point. So, anyway, obviously there's a lot of noise in that stat. But Gary played really well. That's wild. And even if you look at the bench, I mean, plus 21 for Aaron Baines, uh, plus 34 for Malachi Flynn, plus 24 for DeAndre Bember, who just returned. Um, Yeah, just everybody contributed to the win. Lots of good vibes, lots of smiling. Um, Definitely love to see some some smiling happening with the Raptors. And uh, yeah, just a lot of good things to touch on. I mean, I think first off, defensively, you know, Nick mentioned that he really liked the way the Raptors defended as a group. I think he, he really, in particular, complimented their weak side defense. Um, you know, especially because the Raptors are a little soft on the inside, um, they need a lot of help. And the Raptors have either been really late with the help of late, or they've just been bad with the help and have given up, you know, opportunities elsewhere with, with guys being out of position. But, yeah, I mean, um, Raptors looked really good defensively from the jump in terms of how they were going to shut down the paint. You know, Wiggins hitting some outside jumpers or some, like, tough baseline twos. Like, of course, you know, that's part of the skill of his his game. But for the most part, the Raptors did a really good job. I mean, A, the offensive rebounding, you know, was, was a lot better. The Warriors only had seven, which is, you know, kind of a standard offensive rebounding game. And I think two of them happened on one play, too, with with uh, Smileach. Smileach? Who, uh, man, Alan Smileach, man, this guy... <laughs> the, the, listening to the broadcast try to pronounce his name was pretty pretty funny to me. I mean, it is a it is a little bit tough of a name, but um, yeah, it's it, yeah. I think at one point Matt Dumlin called this man smoothie or something. It was tough. It, it, uh, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, the Raptors defensively did a really good job, um, and I thought obviously Fred did a really good job of helping dig down in the paint. You know, he got his standard block tonight. I thought OG and Pascal did a really good job of switching, kind of going on, on guys. And one thing I actually liked a lot about this game in particular was just how often the Raptors went under the screen, which if you watch a lot of games, Raptors don't go under the screen very often. Even against guys who are, you know, on paper non-shooters or guys that you wouldn't necessarily um, worry too much if they made a like a, a pull-up three or once in a while. But the Raptors did a really good job of just going under the screen. I thought, you know, Gary Trent Jr. made a few reads going under. OG made a few reads going under. Fred as well. And it's just like, I think that the Raptors found a really good balance between how aggressive they were into the ball. Because they did put a lot of pressure on the ball. And the Warriors turned it over 21 times. But the Raptors also did a really good job of just going under the screen. Which, 
when you go under and the guy takes a pull-up jumper, I mean, first off, it's okay if Jordan Poole shoots 3 of 15 or Oubre shoots a pull-up jumper or, you know, Kent Bazemore shoots a pull-up jumper. They probably prefer you to chase over the top so they can go downhill a little bit and maybe create something that way. But one of the benefits of going under the screen is, like, everyone's in rebounding position. So if he does take a jumper, well, like, you know, your big is probably not up top, not out of position. He's probably in a position to box out and rebound. Um, and I just thought the Raptors, it was smart to play that way, right? Obviously, if Steph was out there, way different situation. You would never go onto the screen against Steph. But um, against all these other guys, yeah, I mean, you can live with pull-up jumpers. And I thought the Raptors did a really good job of doing that. I thought they did a really good job of providing help. Uh, Malachi Flynn today got two steals digging down into the post. Uh, and I believe both of them led to transition scores, including one where he found Gary Trent Jr. for a transition sidestep three. That was a beautiful sequence to watch from our two 22-year-olds on the team. It's wild that Flynn and Gary are the same age. It feels weird because obviously Gary's a three-year vet and Flynn is like just screams a rookie all the way around. But uh, in any case, yeah, it was nice to see uh, the, the the whole entire team sort of get in on the action. Everybody did a really good job. Baines did a really good job rebounding. And, you know, this is, yeah, I, I thought his first shift, it was like, okay, he's kind of plugging the lane a little bit, but he found a good rhythm too. And there was a lot of like dribble handoff action with Baines. He got lots of touches and obviously he didn't shoot the ball. He only had three shots in 24 minutes, but lots of touches going through Baines for dribble handoff screens. And that's probably the best way to use them is like, you know, um, have him screen because that's, that's largely what he brings offensively, but defensively he did a good job. Had two blocks, a steal. Um, you know, Bembry came back from COVID. He was, or well, not it's not confirmed he had COVID, but you know he was out uh, in the protocol for for an extended amount of time. But he came back today. He was very active, and you know he's you know basically just a nice glue guy. Really does a little bit of everything, um, and and he did a good job defensively. And I just thought the whole team, you know, were were really really solid. I mean, again, they allowed the Warriors to shoot eleven of thirty five. In the paint. And, I mean, like, look at the Warriors numbers today, man. They had one guy. They, they had two guys shoot over five, uh, 50%. Um, there was Andrew Wiggins shooting 5 of 9 from the field for 15 points, which was a game high for them. And then afterwards, it was uh, Smiley Geach who had uh, 6 points on 2 of 3 shooting. He also decided to randomly get into it with Chris Boucher at the end of the game. When literally it was, like, the very end of the game. And people were just trying to, like, go home. Um, and he's getting into it with, you know, with Chris Boucher. But he looks a lot like Putin. I don't know. It was, it was, it was a little trippy watching him. But in, in, in any case, yeah, like they had two guys shoot better than 50% from the field. That's how good the Raptors were defensively, holding the Warriors to 33% shooting. And I think the other aspect was just like, obviously the Raptors scored in abundance and they scored really well. And a lot of that was just, look, the Warriors are so bad offensively that you can just constantly play off of misses, constantly be in transition. There were a lot of breakdowns too, but um, I think what's also impressive about the way the Raptors played was just like, they identified right away who was the weak spot in the Warriors roster, and that was James Wiseman. I mean, you know, again, I feel bad for the rookie. Um, He's just turned 20 years old like a few weeks ago, so, you know, that's obviously got to be very tough, especially to pick up NBA basketball, and I don't think he played much basketball last season in college. Um, so it's, it's gotta be an extra big transition for him. Plus no training camp, no, no summer league, you know, all that, all that stuff. Uh, but the Raptors just went at James Wiseman every single time down. Uh, they, they went at him at the basket repeatedly. They got him switched out, shot jumpers over this guy. And I mean, it was Pascal schooling this guy. It was Fred schooling this guy. It was OG schooling this guy. 
Uh, Boucher bullying him defensively. Boucher with four steals and two blocks today. Felt like all of those were against Wiseman. And I'm, I'm not even kidding when I say this, but it was honestly... Like, the Raptors had the two centers better than the Warriors starting center today. The Raptors had the two best centers on the floor today, which I, I don't think I've ever said this season. And if I did, I was definitely lying. Uh, but Boucher did a really, really good job in the starting five, especially defensively. And that's where the Raptors need him more is defense rather than the offense. But he did a good job offensively too, especially spacing the floor. Uh, and Baines. Baines did a really good job. And Baines schooled Wiseman as well. And it was like, damn, like everybody was just going at this rookie, you know, Pascal. Uh, and start the game, you know, birthday boy Pascal consistently in the post, setting up shop there. And it was just like, I loved it. It was like every single trip down, Pascal was demanding the ball in the post. They gave the ball in the post. Warriors weren't really sending doubles. Pascal was just schooling his man one-on-one. And realistically, I mean, I've seen Pascal school Draymond Green on the game-winning layup to uh, to, to clinch the NBA championship. Like, of course, like, you know, if you can do that, like, I, I kind of expect him to do this against everybody on the Warriors roster, especially with the Warriors not sending help and, and not, you know, um, sending double teams as most teams do against Pascal when he posts. Uh, you know, he was just able to just... School guys, like there's one play, it was a broken play. The Warriors had three guys on him. The, the Aaron Bates was wide open in the kick out, uh, but Pascal was just, you know, he's like, nah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna kick it out. Um, but like, you know, I'm just gonna be patient, drive, and get to my right hand. And he got to a right handed layup. I, I think that was against Eric Pascal. Um, but yeah, I mean, Pascal was awesome. But again, a lot of it was just the Warriors got put on the wrong foot. By, by with Wiseman, especially in that third quarter. My goodness, where guys going at this guy. OG Anobi was a guy who scored on Wiseman, at least on three drives. Uh, w- one drive was in particular. It's been really interesting just watching the micro stuff with OG because he's, you know, because the Raptors have started smaller and things like this, and because OG's driven to the rim more, he's had more interactions where he's getting guarded by a center, especially when you drive, obviously, there's the rim protector is going to be there. And it's been interesting to sort of see OG's, like, uh, approaches when he drives and today you know he got Wiseman three times the first time he drove hard um but came to a hard firm stop Wiseman you know wasn't able to stop as quick as OG was and OG was able to keep his pivot foot despite stopping on a dime and then uh, going up for a little scoop layup uh that was nice to see um that's that's not even really a move necessarily but it's just good footwork there and good strength to be able to stop like that uh, and then OG Anobi also just good strength when he drove to the basket and was able to just sort of like chest Wiseman on the contact, you know, use the shoulder to neutralize the defender and then sort of get to the rim and get to his shots. Uh, OG's been super aggressive with his offense overall. He's hitting the three, passing the ball, playing a good team game, really. And OG tonight, 21 points, 26 minutes, you know, super efficient, 8 of 12. He had a really good game. Gary Trent Jr. had a really good game, which, of course, when you're plus 54, that's kind of impossible to play a bad game. But I, I loved watching Gary. Um, he hit three threes really quickly. He had six threes again tonight. Uh, honestly, if they kept him in for even longer, he probably would have set another career high, especially against this defense by the Warriors. But, you know, I, I liked watching Gary uh, as well. I think one area to watch with him is sort of like, you know, when he drives to the basket, sort of uh, how is he finishing in terms of like, um, because it seems to me that he has skills in terms of like uh, going away from the contact when he drives at the rim. And what I mean by that is sort of like he can put up a little short floater. He has the, the, the mid-range jumper where he doesn't necessarily have to go all the way downhill into the shot blocker. 
but, you know, he generally likes to sort of shy away from the contacts and sort of put up a finesse shot. And he does have good touch on those. Um, but I would like to see him draw some free throws on those as well. But he got to the rim successfully as well. You know, got an open court steal, took it in, you know, the the length of the floor, had a hard foul from Damian Lee, who, if you famously remember, this guy scissor kicked his way into three free throws that uh, uh, lost the Raptors the game uh, when the Raptors went to Golden State. So this is nice to get a little bit of payback for that. And yeah, Damian Lee with an unnecessarily hard foul against, you know, Gary Trent Jr. and Gary's own words. Uh, Lee tackled him, and it was obviously a flagrant foul. Um, you know, it was honestly just unnecessary. Like, the, the, the Warriors were down 40 at that point. It was midway through the third quarter. Lee was coming off the bench. Um, and, and, and yeah, I mean, you know, it's just he, he grabbed Gary by the neck and pulled him down, and then on his way also stepped on his leg. Now, the stepping on the leg was probably inadvertent, but it was definitely a hard foul to give in that moment. But in any case, Gary, you know, was fine and hit the two free throws and he was all good. But yeah, man, I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's like, it was a good game for pretty much everybody. I thought, you know, Malachi Flynn was a real positive coming off the bench. You know, he's had a tough season, especially as a rookie. Uh, again, it's, it's, it's hard for all rookies this year, man. I mean, again, no training camp really. No, there was a training camp, but a short training camp, a lot shorter than usual, uh, the Raptors obviously being displaced, uh, no summer league, which, you know, that's obviously a big, big part of the development. The G league w- itself was like really protracted because, you know, you only had like the bubble and, you know, for Malachi, he didn't even get to play in the whole bubble experience because he had to get called up after Kyle got hurt when the Raptors were in Milwaukee. Um, so, you know, he hasn't had necessarily enough time to sort of get his footing, but today was his best game of his career so far. 16 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals. Uh, a lot of two good two-way production going up uh, against a fellow rookie in uh, Nico Mannion, um, who he did actually go up against in the G League as well uh, when, 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 when Nico was with the... Uh, the Santa Cruz Warriors, and, the, and and I think that was the game Flynn had 35. I don't know if it was all on Mannion or maybe some of it was on Jeremy Lin or some other guys. But, yeah, I mean, Flynn clearly saw the rookie and was like, all right, I'm confident. And plus, like, yo, when you're playing with a 40-point lead, like, you could probably be pretty confident. And I like the way Malachi played. Obviously, defensively, a lot's been talked about that. Um, you know, for me, obviously, I think I'm impressed with him defensively. Nick's been impressed with him defensively. Nick said today that, you know, uh, Malachi's defense is ahead of his offense. He's been pretty happy with his defense. I mean, they keep, he keeps putting him on, like, tough assignments. Like, you know, he's guarded like, Chris Paul, like, Mike Conley, you know, guys like that. So, like, you know, Flynn's, Flynn's defense has played. And today we saw the, the, the instinctual two steals in the post. Fred Van Vliet style, although Malachi himself, uh, <laughs> he did not give Fred that credit. I tried to try to offer him that, um, that olive branch, and he said, no, no, come on. I can't give Fred credit for that. That's been in his game as well. Um, but offensively, this is his best game, and I really like the way he created offense, especially for himself. Because look, he is a guard that's kind of like Fred in a way, where it's sort of like he needs to establish himself as a scorer to then set up other people, which is not necessarily like unique to uh, you know Malachi or Fred in this matter. Like the days of like um, you know John Stockton running a pick and roll and sort of getting people into their sets. And all this other stuff. Like, that doesn't happen as much anymore, especially nowadays in the NBA. Like, you really do need to, if you're going to be a really effective a passer, you're going to need to be, well, if you're going to be a really effective creator, you need that scoring element to go along with your passing. You can't just be Rajon Rondo out there. Um, 
Not that there's anything wrong with Flynn becoming Rondo. I mean, that'd be great. But in any case, yeah, I, I thought Flynn was able to actually get his offense off, which was nice. I mean, in the past, I've criticized him for basically when he had the ball to create, he would pretty much always take a mid-range jumper or like a pull-up jumper of some sort, whether it was a pull-up three or a pull-up long two. And today he was actually able to sort of get downhill and get to the basket, which was nice. I mean, at least two occasions, the Warriors was just like literally everyone just left the area and Flynn was able to go all the way inside, you know, by himself for a layup. But, you know, he was able to show up his his finishing today. Some of them were, were, were tough drives in, in traffic. I liked how insistent he was. Sometimes he would put his body into the shot blocker, go up, you know, with, with, with the layup. Um, I, I liked his mid-range game that he showed off. And I even liked the fact that he had the floater game, which, you know, it, it's... Seems like almost a team-wide policy for the Raptors. And, you know, no one really shoots floaters like that. Kyle started shooting some floaters this year. Low-key, sort of, like, real impressive at the age of 35. He's adding things to his game. Um, but in any case, like, you know, Malachi is a guy who, in, in college, had a really good floater. And especially as a shorter player, I mean, floater is pretty important shot. It's kind of neutralizes the shot blocker. You know, obviously, it's another option to have when you're going downhill. Uh, and we saw Malachi hit the floater today as well, so that was nice. So just all around a very positive game. Benbury came back from you know his absence was you know you know I mean again I just I miss Benbury like he's a very solid player. Like look at him twenty minutes tonight, two offensive rebounds, two assists, two steals. You know getting to the free throw line four times, getting inside for a cut. Um, yeah, Benbury's just a very solid player. You know I, I really enjoy his game. Uh, and he's a kind of a glue guy that I think the bench kind of needs someone to sort of connect it a little bit, plays a little defense, a little secondary ball handling action. Uh, so that was nice. Stanley missed some shots, but generally did a good job of setting people up. You know, was physical with his rebounding. Didn't really commit a, didn't commit a foul today, which is a real nice thing. I know that sounds like a real low bar to be like, oh, he didn't commit a foul. That's a good game. Like, I think part of Stanley is like he's sometimes gets like hyper aggressive. Or he, like, overplays a lot of possession and he ends up bumping people or, like, moving on a screen or giving up a, you know, foul just, like, trying to, like, jockey with somebody in the post defensively and all that stuff. Or, like, rushing inside for drives and sort of knocking a guy over or turning the ball over. Like, there were no real mistakes from him today. Like, he didn't make his shots, but I thought Stanley played much more under control. And then Utah, my guy, man, came in with... Eight rebounds in 13 minutes? Come on, man. We're going to rebrand this man as the, 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 the Japanese uh, <laughs> the Japanese Reggie Evans. Came in today with the eight rebounds. Was super active. Had a couple of baskets erased uh, off you know decisions by the referees or something like that. There was a goal 10 that wasn't called. Whatever. But Yuta came in. It was very unselfish you know, and uh, you know was active. I liked the way he ran the floor. The activity was high with him, which is what you can expect. So, literally a positive game all around for everybody on the team. Hopefully, Fred is okay. Uh, he did leave. You know, he obviously left under under his own power, but he walked straight to the locker room. And we did see him after the game. You know, he was in street clothes. He was in the tunnel, and he was uh, high-fiving the guys as they came off. Um, so, you know, I don't, I don't really know what that says other than Fred's a good teammate. But... Um, yeah, it was a positive game for everybody, and I think everyone has something to feel good about, something to, to to be proud of in terms of the fact that they contributed to this game. And that's great because, like, I just think this team needs something to feel good about. I don't think winning this one game is going to ruin the lottery odds. I don't think winning this one game is going to change their outlook on the season. I don't think winning this one game fixes everything magically. But they just needed, like, a break. Like, they just needed a break, and this is a break. 
Like, not only did they have the off day before, which, by the way, the difference between the Raptors coming off a back-to-back versus, you know, with an off day is tremendous. And it seemed like the Raptors were really able to uh, recharge in that off day because, I mean, damn, look at the results, right? But you have the off day yesterday. You have an off day tomorrow as well. Raptors electing not to practice. Listen, when you if you got a 53-point win, you don't have to have a team practice. If you want to come in optionally, that's fine. People will be there to rebound and work out with you. But for the most part... You know, it's it's all good. There's no 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 practice after a 53 point win. Um, they've earned it, but yeah, they just needed a break, like mentally. Like you could just see, like obviously after the OKC game, how down Fred was, how down Nick Nurse was. You see everyone's body language. They've been working, chasing, sort of pushing themselves to the limit, but by you know for an assortment of reasons, have, were not able to sort of come through and pull through. And you know, conditioning, everything like that was miserable. You know, they went through. Just think about the month of March, right? They're on a nine-game losing streak. They had multiple really, really bad losses, uh, including snapping a 20-game losing streak to Houston, getting punked by uh, Colin Sexton. You had a trade deadline happen. You had, like, five guys out with COVID. Um, You had, uh, you know, more losses. You had, uh, what else, man? Tony Snell hit a game-winning three. (laughs) Like... Just a lot of close losses. You you got swept by the Pistons in the, over the course of a month. Like it's tough, right? Like all of that was factoring against them, and of course a ton of negativity around the team. You're saying goodbye to Norm, saying goodbye to other guys in the team. Uh, coaches were in and out. Like they just needed something positively as a franchise, and today they they got that. So I'm just happy on that level for them. I hope they can sort of. Uh, I don't know, just relieve the relieve the pressure. Because, like, yo, you should feel proud about this, man. I mean, the Raptors were up at, like, 62 at one point. But it was, it was pretty nuts. And this is one of the games where you just really miss being in Scotiabank Arena, being in Toronto for this. Because you are missing some core components to a crucial, to a, um, an ideal Raptors blowout win, okay? First off, no Bruno, Bruno, Bruno chance, right? Because... You remember the last time the Raptors were up 50, uh, that was in 2014. That was when Bruno got drafted and he made his NBA debut because the Raptors were up 50 against the Milwaukee Bucks. By the way, people just remember this, okay? The Raptors have owned the Bucks franchise for many, many years. Anyway, they were up 50 going into the fourth quarter. Bruno was getting chance. As this, like, random rookie on the bench who, like, everyone knew was two years away from being two years away. Comes into the game and for like, for his first ever basket, Lou Williams threw him a full court alley-oop. And he caught that he caught that ball. And he, he, he demanded that ball, too. He pointed. I wrote a whole story about this. I broke everything down. But uh, you're, you're missing, basically, what I'm saying is. You're missing that, that crowd element, the energy inside of Scotiabank. Obviously, nobody would have left early. Everyone has stuck around. I don't know who they would have chanted for, um, you know, this season. I mean, probably, you probably would have heard, like, an Aaron Baines chant or something. You probably would have heard a Utah Watanabe chant or, like, a Jalen Harris chant. You missed that part of this experience. You missed Herbie Kuhn, the legendary um, Raptors in arena announcer, Pronouncing, checking into the game, Alan Smilagich, right? Like you, you, we kind of got a semblance of that with Matt with Matt Devlin calling this man a smoothie, but like you know, I really just would have wanted to hear what that sounded like. Um, and you just would have missed the energy in the crowd, man. Like this, what this is one of those games where like you know the guys deserve to soak it all in. And of course, 
there was like you know one or two thousand people inside the arena in Tampa, but it's not the same. And I really do wish they had that atmosphere because like you know I, I wish this team could sort of feel some of that love that the city that this country has for this team. And yeah, obviously there's no direct way to do that. Um, and tonight would have been a great you know vehicle for that. So um, it is what it is though. I mean of course I'll settle for a franchise record. 53-point win, and yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens going forward, but like, wow, that is, uh, this is a night to remember, I guess, and, you know, hopefully it just, I mean, I don't even know, to be honest, like, you know, if people are upset about the tank or whatever, like, yo, like, just, come on, what are you doing, man? If you can't enjoy a 53-point win, regardless of what your objectives are for the season, you really have to just reassess where you're at and what you're getting out of this experience. Um, you know, I mean, I don't think this again. This, I don't think this magically fixes everything, but this was a nice, nice uh, win, and honestly, some pretty good post game content. You know, like um, you know, Gary was talking about how he finally got to meet Yuta Watanabe or sort of connect with him and, and got him to correctly get the correct pronunciation of his name, which a lot of people call him Yuta or like uh, Utah or anything like that. Like it's you know i'm 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 not japanese so I, uh, you know of course i don't know specifically either but it seems to be yuta uh you know who you know pascal wore some shades uh looking like he was already ready to go to the beach again i guess for the day you know he talked about how he, you know he was super positive today obviously today being his uh, 28th birthday uh, but he got a call from his niece to sort of put him in a great mood to start the day. So maybe, you know, Pascal's niece has to join, like, Fred's uh, baby, his second baby is, like, in the, the Raptors pantheon of uh, good luck charms. Um, who else? But nurse Nick Nurse told us a British basketball league story. You know, there's a lot of good stories in there. So, so go watch the post-game press interviews. It was, uh, it was a good night. Malachi got a, a rare interview. Uh, so... Uh, good vibes all around, and um, yeah, so in, in terms of your three stars from tonight's game, first star goes to Pascal Siakam, I thought he really set the tone for the team, was ultra aggressive going to the basket, consistently schooling and sort of exposing the Warriors' lack of interior defense, and he was also really active defensively himself, so 36 points, 7 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals, plus 49 in 31 minutes for Pascal Siakam, shooting 14 of 24 from the field. Four of nine from three. I like that he found the rhythm in his three. He he clanked some ones, some bad ones early in the game, but he really found his rhythm, especially in that third quarter, and was really confident in taking them. Which, I mean, again, if you it, nothing 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 boosts your confidence more than being up forty. Um, second star from this game, I'm going to give that to OG. I thought he did a lot of Pascal esque things today. Twenty one points on eight of twelve shooting, two of four from three, three of four from the free throw line, three rebounds, two assists, two steals, a block. In, uh, in t- all in 26 minutes, the block was against Wiggins on a drive. Pretty impressive chase down block coming off the pick and roll after Wiggins thought he had gotten OG off the play uh, through this high screen. It, that turned out not to be the case. OG obviously great hustle there to get back into the play and to deny the shot. Uh, but super efficient for OG. I like the way he attacked. I like the way he went downhill towards the basket. He's been, again, very aggressive with his offense as well. Didn't just settle for the three. And I like when he creates offense for himself driving towards the basket. You know, like, that's something that, again, he's 23 years old. Like, you're going to allow him to grow and develop these things. And, you know, uh, OG has shown you plenty of development in the last few games since he's returned from COVID. I and mean, I think he's gotten a star every single game. So he's been great. 
Uh, and again, plus 43 in 26 minutes. Like, he, he was winning every minute he was on the floor by, like, two points. Which, honestly, that's probably true for the whole team as a, as a group. And then third star, you got to give it to Gary Trent. 24 points in 30 minutes. 8 of 14 shooting. 6 of 9 from 3. He's in such a good rhythm. It's really... He has, he's got a really pretty jump shot, but I think one thing I noticed from just watching the film more closely after the OKC game, he has really good footwork, as most shooters need to have, to just get himself prepared, get himself balanced, uh, and you know that allows him to sort of... And, and even when you know he takes more contested shots, like he had a sidestep, pump fake... You know, defender flies by, and then Gary Trent sort of sidesteps and, and gets up with the three. Like his footwork is clean for all of these. He's got really good balance on these, and there's, a, there's I don't know, it's just a nice, pretty arc on his jumper, and he's making a lot of them. I mean, um, six threes in back-to-back games now for Gary. Five rebounds and assist, a steal, two blocks. Really active defensively as well. Good anticipation there to get the steal. It seems like once a game you can count on him for like a breakaway play, which again, like. You know, a Norm-esque performance today. 24 points on 14 shots. Like, that's, you know, listen, there's a reason why the Raptors made this trade. And Gary's Gary's pretty good. Uh, In terms of your Gerald, I mean, by the way, I I wish I could give a fourth start to Malachi. I feel like he deserves it. But, alas, you know. um, Honestly, forget it. Give give Malachi the fourth fourth start. I think this is the first ever fourth start. But you got to give it to Malachi. I mean, come on, man. 16 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals. Plus 34 in 31 minutes. For the rookie, uh, a breakout game for his career, and uh, he looked really good. Uh, in terms of your Gerald Henderson Award winner, this is really tough because who do you really go with here? Okay, Wiggins had 15 points to lead the team, and then it's nine for Wiseman, who played an awful game, and and I think even Steve Kerr called him out for it. They've been kind of babying him a little bit, but honestly, man, it was really that bad. Uh, Uber with nine points. Jordan Poole, 10 points on 3 of 15 shooting. Eric Pascoe, 9 points on 3 of 9 shooting. Bazemore. I mean, I thought Bazemore was, like, their best player in terms of, like, giving energy. But he finished with 3 points in 15 minutes with 3 fouls. Like, that's... You can't give that for that. So, you know, Damian Lee, 3 fouls... You know, 5 fouls in 18 minutes, including a really hard one for no reason. Michael Mulder, the pride of Windsor, 3 points on 1 of 6 shooting. I don't know where to go with this. I think I'm probably going to ultimately settle with Nico Mannion. Uh, 10 points in 30 minutes. I mean, I, I thought he got thoroughly outplayed by Malachi, and he had four turnovers as well. But, um, you know what? I can't even give it to him. You know what? I'm going to give it to Alan Smilagic for just how entertaining it was to watch Devlin try- pronounce his name repeatedly on the broadcast. <laughs> Uh, it was it was it was unfortunate that he definitely uh, he definitely said his name at least seven times, and never once was he correct. But um. Yeah, why not, man? Uh, Smiley Geach with a corner three. Smiley Geach with a putback around the basket. Trying to beef with Chris Boucher. I mean, come on, bro. <laughs> That's, yeah, anyway. So, that does it for the podcast. Thanks everyone for listening. Again, go check out the post-game interviews. It was a really fun time talking to the guys. It's a lot easier to do that job when you uh, are coming off a win. You can ask them about positive things and not just like, yo, are you okay? Like, <laughs> is everything good, bro? <laughs> That's what every question has been the last few weeks is, yo, are you good? Um... But yeah, no, it's uh, it was it was a very positive scene all around, um, and yeah, hopefully the Raptors can just sort of I don't know, just play less miserably. I don't know, man. You losing is obviously miserable and whatever, and maybe like they're kind of built to lose at this point, and you know circumstances or whatever. But just you know, let's let's close out the season with something to go with. Let's see Trent continue to develop. Let's see 
OG continue to develop, you know, Pascal, Fred, all these guys are here as part of the core going forward. Like, let's see good things from them. Let's see them handle this team and sort of get control of the team because I think that is really important. And I do think that, like, yo, the draft pick is going to be important, and I know people are thinking all the time about this draft pick. I mean, like, look at the Warriors, right? I'm not, I'm not saying, like, um, Evan Mobley or whoever is going to come in and be the same as Wiseman and sort of be, obviously, they're different players with different skill sets, everything like that. But I'm just saying, like, to expect, like, a rookie big to come in. Like, more often than not, you're going to see the mistakes you saw from Wiseman today. Like, Wiseman wasn't even as good as Boucher. And Wiseman was the second pick. The Raptors got Boucher from the Warriors G League team, right? So, I'm just saying, like, in terms of this current group, they're going to have to figure it out. Uh, the Raptors sign, like, a veteran center, or at least with a center with some experience is fine. But you're not expecting to draft some, like, 19-year-old and come in here and fix everything. So, um it's not all about the pick. I think there's also like a lot of players on the team that you still need to evaluate. And, and I think this, the, the next coming, you know, few weeks before the season is over, the few months before the season is over, like that's, that's what this time is for. And hopefully they can make a good time out of it because listen, we're all going to be here watching the Raptors, right? Like I, me, I mean, I got paid, but obviously, of course I do it anyway. Um, but like, you know, as fans, we're like, we're always going to be watching this team. So at least give us something like fun to watch. Right. And I thought today was super fun. So, um, thanks everyone for listening. If you haven't already, go watch Running Back this week. Go watch um, NBA Group Chat this week. Go subscribe to the Raptors Reaction Newsletter. Uh, we're getting good responses, and I'm really enjoying answering uh, mailbag questions and uh, you know making memes and all that stuff. So, um, and, and most of all, thanks to everyone for 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 you know tuning in. That's the most important part. I appreciate it. So. Uh, I'll be back when the Raptors play again on Sunday. Uh, but in the meantime, go enjoy, go bask in the, the the glow of a 53 point win. I think as Raptors fans, we could all we can all use this time to just relax and sort of be happy for once. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.